Hello, welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Age of Empires podcast. I feel like I haven't said that in a while, but uh, I am joined today by Matt. How's it going, Matt? Uh, hey, Robert. It's going well. Hi to all the listeners. Thanks for having me on the show. Yes, uh, I, I like actually right off the bat. Can we thank all our listeners? Because um, I know that I know this particular show can be, you know, when it comes to the consistency of like release schedule, it's not as tight. You know, it can it kind of depends a lot. Uh, on ourselves like making the time work but we still get so many consistent people listening to our shows and i just appreciate it so i, I want to say that right off the bat uh if i may um for those of you who are just tuning in this is going to be the age of empires 4 um recap of the the red bull wool low legacy tournament that happened about a month ago um if you don't want to be spoiled. This is probably an episode to watch to listen to after uh, you watch the the Age of AoE Four Red Bull Wolo. Um, if you want to see hear a review of Age of Empires Two, uh, part of that uh, myself and Boxer Saint did that, uh, and that that's already up on our feed. Um, I'm going to start the show just by thanking our patrons real quick. Uh, so I'd like to thank uh, Paint, uh, Raz, uh, Caleb, Awesomeness, Space Bear uh chaos maker and zodiac 22 thank you all for your continued support uh for all our shows it helps us get the editing uh it has the special rob and kyle show it's released once a month and uh for those of you who listen to the rocket league show they get uh the ad free listening so there you go that's what the perks are and the pre-show sorry i i did i forgot to mention the pre-shows where i took matt on a a lovely journey uh that's previewing our uh christmas special is just coming up so uh if you want a sneak peek i guess as to what the christmas special is gonna look like uh there you go um so with that we're gonna get right into things here uh the first thing i want to actually talk about uh was uh the tournament because actually that's what we're focusing on but um matt what's your feel because i asked boster saying about this but what's your feeling on the uh casters wearing uh medieval clothes here um yeah i uh i I saw that and i thought uh, i don't think it's the first uh first tournament where they do that um i think it's very immersive um uh i i did uh i do really like the the decor uh of uh of the 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 room they were they were playing in the the different the candles and the oh the set looked amazing the set itself looked amazing i i think i think you go into goofy territory a little bit with with some of the jester stuff because then they're also wearing headsets over you know yeah it's it's a little sort of hit and miss some people kind of have the the face and and figure for it some people not so much it's a bit of a, a, a well hit, are you saying miss. you have to be like you know a a, a, a no i'm a not saying you have bigger to be like man a, you know a little no, i'm not i'm not saying anything some, I'm, some, I'm just saying uh, some people don't don't look great in them and that, that's some, that's all i know i feel like chest hair would be important you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um no that's great that's great i mean it i i guess the justice juxtaposition of like these are like you know brave warriors on the field but like you know we're all just nerds playing rts <laughs> i think i think yeah that's funny, I <laughs> who, who wouldn't last like 30 seconds on a medieval battlefield if, yeah if, you, you know in like medieval times there was like the tradition like there was um it was like looked down upon in like uh certain traditions to like not be so if you're like a commander that was leading from the back and like actually doing the strategy you wouldn't go in like with your army to fight but that was like looked down upon by like certain certain countries and then other countries were like no you like the commander should be the smartest person so they should actually be doing the tactics um yeah it really depends on on the culture yeah yeah and so like i feel like most yeah we're we would be that guy you know (laughs) we're like we are not running in front of our army yeah, um, I'll just I'll just be over here. You guys, uh, you guys can 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 do the fighting. That that would be an AOV four perk, just like a one time call down uh, in any game. And it's like if this unit dies, you just lose the game. But you can call it down, and it has like some special abilities. <laughs> kind of like a know. like a king. It could be like a regicide. Yeah, it'd be like regicide, but like you're pretty much desperate. But it leads to like you holding barely sometimes and then maybe trying to win the game but that unit you now have to keep alive for the rest of the game i mean that that'd be a really cool uh uh i guess comeback mechanic but i digress that's a lot of fun uh there's a couple uh threads i'd like to talk about 
um, kind of, and then if before we, because my main focus, uh, the, the match that I looked at the most was the finals. So we'll talk about that as the main focus. Cause I, I usually, I mean, one, these shows get a little long if I did this for everyone, but it's also a lot of work to take notes on every single game and every single series. Um, so we're the big kind of like strategic, I guess, focus will be the finals, but, um, there are a little bit, a couple of threads I would like to talk about. I mean, first things first is like this tournament had $300,000 prize pool, um, which, which was more than AOE two tournament. You can still see, still see that this game very much is being, uh, uh, pushed by Microsoft. Um, and I'm, I'm, I, I don't know anything about what the numbers currently look like, right? This is something that I intrigues me, right? Um, because I don't think you can just go off Steam numbers themselves uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, I believe, I don't know if AoE f- is part of like... Well, there's the it, Xbox Pass, yeah, right? Yeah, there's so the Xbox have... Pass, right? So like... Yeah, so Steam doesn't tell the whole story. But from what I know, Age of Empires yeah. 4 is not as popular as Age of Empires 2. It's had a bit of a resurgence with the uh the release of the the what do they call it definitive edition or, or something something like that where they added the ottomans and the malians but i, I wait still they, they called the aoe4 they like, renamed it they renamed they, it by free yeah actually sorry i i feel like i went over this but <laughs> this, this sounds no it it sounds redundant to me because all of them are the definitive editions Oh no! Anniversary edition. Anniversary, that's, yeah, that's what. It's okay, called. okay, okay. I I did know about this, but I'm like, I did not know they were just gonna be like. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's just a, a an effort marketing, by yeah, yeah for, in for 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 marketing just to you know make it seem like a you know they renamed it. It's a new game. Well, you're yeah, I'm laughing, but like this is actually the game finally getting out of beta, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it de- it definitely feels that way i agree um i actually yeah in some ways it's it's literally what the game probably should have been at the start i mean we can talk about the ottomans a little bit because uh they'll be you'll we'll see some of it uh but yeah, ottomans featured in the uh in the finals and it's it's uh it's a very interesting game it's a yeah, very interesting we'll, civilization yeah we'll, we'll get to it in a second but um what i want to say is like it, it kind of sucks because you don't really get that hype twice you know, like all the all the crazy hype that we had for the AOE four initial release, um, but the game wasn't quite where where it had to be. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, the first impressions yeah. are everything, and if you kind of swing and miss, it's very hard to get the hype back up. The only the only good thing is, though, I will say for AOE four is like there is something else about creating slow building communities. Uh. So if if you can then naturally grow your community slowly, you'll have a longer lasting community. So you, that is that is one plus, right? Because like, even if this game was great, maybe it would have still been a fad thing, you know, and like people went away yeah. anyway. So at this point, they're like, we can only go up. So and they are still working at it and they're putting money. So uh, I cannot complain. Uh, OK, let's let's get into this tournament. Uh, one of the biggest like first things that I noticed immediately and uh, there's a Twitter post from Viper about this, but I did want to talk about it. Uh, Viper, I believe, was one of the only players that was, yeah, I think was definitely one of the only players that was playing both in the AOE 2 and the AOE 4 finals. Um, for those who don't know, Viper is pro- is widely considered uh, the the greatest player of Age of Empires 2. Uh, I, I, I said, I guess over the span of his whole career, maybe maybe not now currently, right? But definitely over the span of his own career, he won Red Bull Wolo the year prior. Um, and I think one of the big things that Boxer Sand and I were talking about going into this tournament is we didn't know if he could manage to do both. Uh, and it kind of proved it in the AOE, four, uh, AOE 2 tournament. He got out of quarters. Against Leary, which which wasn't you know I guess the biggest thing, but him getting cores did seem like not considering he won the thing last year, uh, didn't seem like that much of success. But even more crazy to me was the fact that he didn't even make it out of group stages here. Uh, and I'm just I'm just taking a look here at uh, at his matches, um, where he lost to one Puppy Paw from Canada, and as well also lost to Lucifer. Now. Losing Lucifer isn't that bad considering how well Lucifer did, 
but um, it's probably the wow. And I guess one poppy pod did really well as well in group stages. This is interesting. Like I think I think my like you know how we do the like the uh, competitor math where it's like oh this person beat this person and this person beat this person. I just don't think it works in AOE four because <laughs> like. If you do this well in group stages and then you get 3-0 the next round, uh, it's a tough one, right? Yeah, it's uh, uh, and and I think uh, the game ha- has gone through so many changes recently, it's pretty hard to anticipate these things. Well, I, I just imagine that um, if you... I mean, that was the big thing, right? Like, some people were playing all the time, like players like the Muslim who were streaming it at least all the time were probably playing a lot more. Um and given how important this tournament was, right? Uh, I think you probably saw a lot of people in the last two months, like really, really practicing for it. Um, but when you don't have those regular tournaments, and it's in some ways a much more unexplored complexity of a game, like what I mean by that is, I think, especially with the introduction of the two new civs, I think what I didn't realize with AOE 4 is how complex like ban phases have become uh, just because how, like if we compare it to AOE 2, right? Yes. There's like certain civs that you can, uh, you can just kind of like, you know, get a really good advantage or there's certain things they do well, certain things they don't do well. Um, but I think what you kind of see here is like how different all the civs are makes for your like ban, your banning phase and like your map choice to be, it just feels even more outrageously important. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's a whole <laughs> it's a whole thing, and I feel like it's, there are a lot of mind games going on where you're trying to uh, anticipate what your opponent is going to choose, and you're trying to give yourself an advantage. You're trying to see what what you know what maps you're going to be playing on, and which which civs, what the civ matchups are going to be. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but Rus on Boulder Bay seems unstoppable um that's just one one example um so you have to account for these things yeah and i think you have to account for it and like i'm gonna say one more thing like as i was watching some of these matches um you know when i first played this game it felt slower if in some ways right um but i think it has to do with like uh you know, you know what? Like, I, f- I forget what this theory is, but where it's like someone can have like it be unconsciously wrong, or like, or consciously doing something, or then you want to be able to do the 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 conscious thing unconsciously, so that it's like ingrained in your brain and stuff like that. And I just feel like I realize when like one the casters never stopped talking; there were like crazy amount of information being thrown at you all at once. But two, it felt like every matchup. Maybe because in some ways to the casters, like some of these matchups and specific maps aren't as thoroughly explored, right? Like I forget if I compare it to AoE 2, like AoE 2 has been around for 20 years. So like even with the changes, like there's a lot of stuff that just the casters know and the players know and that just ingrained knowledge. While here it just feels like the massive knowledge for every map and every sieve felt like it was it was ridiculous. And there's definitely some upgrade stuff um, that without the casters, I wouldn't be catching, uh, and and so it feels to me like a more and more a game more and more that I'm like, wow, there is a lot of complexity that's being created, and I have only begun to grasp it. If that makes sense, yeah, uh, and I totally agree, and I felt the same. Um, I I think. Uh... Like you said, Age of Empires 2 has been a long, around for a long time and it's a, very, it's a game that's been analyzed and overanalyzed and build orders have been, have been optimized um, for different situations and, and maps and civs. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Age of Empires 4, it's still a relatively new game and there's been, like I said earlier, there's been uh, quite, a, quite a bit of uh, new changes, uh, most notably to water, mm-hmm. uh, to, to ships and the counter system on water. Um, and, uh, and, and the, the civilizations themselves are more asymmetrical, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, compared to Age of Empires 2. So the, like you said, the, the complexity is, is, was, it, it was quite, uh, 
is quite a lot. And and the casters, like you said, they just didn't stop talking and there was so much going on. And uh, you mentioned this uh, near the beginning uh, when, you, when you were speaking earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, the games did feel a lot faster, like the, the start um, or the game picked up much faster. So age ups seemed age up times seemed faster. The game gameplay was more crisp. Players were in the feudal age a lot quicker, building units, uh, raiding and and defending. Um, and it felt um, it, it felt a lot more like Age of Empires three than Age of Empires two in that regard because Age of Empires three um is quite notable uh or is quite known rather for for uh for the speed with which combat begins um well I, early in the game mm-hmm. and i think one thing like threw me i like please remind like the amount of when i watched a lot of it before it was like a year ago right and i i don't think i fully appreciated you know like that thing where like when someone's part of something they don't really see changes in it right so, like, let's just, I don't know, let's just say you're doing jujitsu, right? If, as you're, like, getting better at it, you don't really see the changes because you're there every day. So, they're very incremental and, like, sorry, they're very small, right? But if, like, s- someone's been doing jujitsu for five years, they might think, oh, yeah, I've just been getting, like, a little bit better every day. But then someone, like, seeing how they, like, were, how good they were at the beginning and how good they are now in five years, they'll be like, oh, my goodness, you're crazy, right? Um, and yeah. that's kind of what like I'm feeling with this game where I'm going in. I'm like, oh, this is not even close to what it looked like a year ago. Like not I know there's like a, lots of changes, but I think on top of it. Um, I mean, I, they also purposely, I think, eliminate a lot of the cat, like the ridiculous castle stuff that was kind of bogging down the game a little bit where it just felt like you had all these siege weapons, right? That were like taking everything, down, all that stuff, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Siege weapons were very strong when the game first came out. Yeah. And and yeah. so like it, it's one of those things where I'm like watching the game now. I'm like, oh no, this is a, a way different game. And I don't I don't know if that's necessarily meta related, right? Um, but it it was it was quite exciting to me. Actually, it was overwhelming. Honestly, some of the stuff it was there's so much being hit uh, at you. But yeah, let's uh, let's get into uh, <clears throat> the the players that uh, kind of made it here into uh, quarters. Um, so wait, I, I mentioned the Viper didn't make it through. Um, also, the Muslim didn't make it through, and sort of. So these are some just like the uh, the Sargraf players that I was kind of a little bit surprised didn't make it through. The Muslim, especially because it streams so much. But like, I think it's one of those tough things that if you're a streamer, you're not necessarily. I think it's tough because people like see all the stuff that you're doing. So, uh, and you're also going up. Like, I wonder here. Let me double check here. The Muslim to a Kapok. Uh, and then lost to the Mista, and then lost to Marine Lord. Okay, well, I guess losing to uh, <laughs> the finalists is not the worst way to go out. Yeah, that's not <laughs> no shame. I mean, that. the money wise, it might suck, but uh, if if and and those are both two ones. Wow. Okay. I mean, all right. Uh, yeah. I guess I guess that's a tough one. That's the one where you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt, I guess. Um, but wow. Okay. Uh yeah, let's let's go into the quarter finalists. So we are the Mister Recon, I Magic, Lucifron, BCQT, Leadock, One Puppy Paw, Marine Lord. Um, I think kind of coming out of the quarters, um, I it seems like pretty much mostly the very experienced like RTS players from like years and years and years are the ones making it through here. Um, I believe Mister was the age of yeah 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 the age of mythology player. So we have the Age of Mythology player, uh, and then we have the StarCraft players, like kind of making it through, which doesn't surprise me too too much. But I I think like kind of to our point of how important the pick and ban phase is. Once we started getting best of fives and best of sevens, it didn't really feel like there was the same. Like I, the fact we didn't get any uh, series going to five games in what six different series to me might have a lot to do with. I don't know if it's levels or like strategy, right? Uh, like uh, pick and ban strategies. But I, I think there's something to that, right? Where it felt like once you kind of were starting to get the upper hand on your opponent, like you just kind of snowballed. <laughs> yeah, I felt the same way. There wasn't, I mean, there were some interesting comebacks in individual games. Mm-hmm. But as a whole for, for the series, it's like once one player started to, to dominate, um, 
you know, it, was, it quickly snowballed, like you said. And can, can we like get over now? We're going to start with the Boulder Bay and uh, Roos. Can you explain to me why this is overpowered here? Uh, I mean, I don't I don't know if it if it's overpowered. I, I, I said I said it seems unstoppable. unstoppable. Those, those are my <laughs> words. And um, okay, just I, for reference, both in both the semis and the finals, Bold- well, uh, Boulder Bay was played by Roos and only Marine Lord was managed to actually I guess I guess it's not unstoppable if Marine Lord managed to stop it. But it, it seemed like it seemed like Boulder Bay was constantly uh, uh, like that was the that was the pick that Roos went. But yeah, what what is yeah. like I guess the game plan here? So the game plan, broadly speaking, for Roos on Boulder Bay is to open with a dock. Uh, this is this is standard. Whenever you have a water map, um, opening with a dock is uh, very advantageous because it lets you build fishing ships, lets you uh, supplement your your food economy. So both players typically go docks. Sometimes they go triple. One game we saw four docks. Uh, being put down on Boulder Bay, which is just wild to me. I can't, I, I don't know where he got all that wood, but. <laughs> um, and then as Roos, you start building your uh, your Lodia fishing ships, which is your unique ship. Uh, you get about four or five of them. You age up very quickly. As soon as you age up to the feudal age, you can switch your Lodia ships into archer ships. Um, it's this is a this is the the unique ability of the of the Russian ships is that they can switch between between themselves. So you can turn a bunch of your fishing ships into archer ships, and then you can just uh, swarm your opponent. Um, your opponent counters predictably with a springled ship, which is the the counter for the archer ship. So you anticipate that you go uh, you go for for a demolition ship. Uh, you kill the the springled ship, and then it's basically GG. You control the water. Uh, you have a, a massive economy lead, and uh, the the game lasts for like five minutes or, or something. And and okay, so- and that's that's what mm-hmm. it is. It's very hard to stop. Um, I think uh, Marine Lord, I believe, stopped it yes. once. Yeah, and and that's and, and like you could you could tell that he knew it was coming, and he had a build specifically designed to counter that. So if you don't know it's coming, or if you don't really know what you're doing, or and your opponent executes this strategy against you, I feel like this is very, very hard to 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 come back from. And then on top of it, so like, sorry, just kind of get into that strategy, right? Um, when when I saw uh, Mist doing this against Marine Lord, um, another thing that you do is you bring your villager to heal up those ships uh, just because of the yeah. way Boulder Bay is designed where you can actually get a villager. Like in a lot of water maps, you might not be able to do that, right? Just, just to repair, but like, now all of a sudden you've changed all your fishing ships to these archer ships, uh, and you're also repairing with the villager, and it's just it just seems ridiculous, right? Um, yeah, I, I, I suppose the counter, uh, like that Marie Lord had was was like it was tailor made for this. It was exact like appeal. it was like this is a terrible strategy, but because I know exactly what you're doing, it's the best strategy possible. Maybe it's the, where I'm just I, I'll uh, at some point have more ships that can destroy the ships that I know you're already doing this right. It was it was uh, yeah. It was like this is in every other situation. This is the, this is a terrible thing to do, but because I know exactly what you're going for, I know I just need to survive long enough, and then eventually I'll have more ships and and be able to to counter you. Uh, and that's kind of what happened, right? Like I I I believe. I believe Marine Lord went like three docks at some point. Was that it? Was it just like mass produce docks and build more ships? Because I, I uh, kind of felt like that's what it was if I if I remember correctly here. I don't remember how many docks he had, but uh, he it was definitely two at least, like early, early, early. Yeah, he he built a bunch of archer ships and and some sprinkled ships, and basically he was able to hold on with uh, incredible micro, uh, and then he was able to push the the Roos player. Uh, the, the mista back uh, back across the water and then i was able to force the gg that way but it yeah. felt so quick like i think like all these games are quick either you like win yeah. the game with this or you'll lose it you know yeah if it, exactly and and each game on boulder bay that involved the roos uh which is all of them incidentally um <laughs> it just uh it just ends very quickly usually with the roos players steamrolling his opponent but not always not if you're a Marine Lord. Just for reference, in the quarterfinals, Boulder Bay was uh, banned three times. 
<laughs> yeah, I, but players are probably like, I refuse. Me. <laughs> I refuse to play this. Okay, amazing. Uh, so that, that that's how I'm really going to run the first game. I'm going to go into the second game here. So uh, the second game between. So by the way, we're going to go right into the finals here. Uh, the second game between Mr. Marine Lord was uh, the Holy Roman Empire versus French on Gorge. Um, this one was quite interesting uh, because it kind of it kind of felt like this was probably the most standard game in some ways. Uh, a lot of, a lot about putting on pressure, a lot about securing uh, relics. Um, and I think another part of it was essentially you uh, you had Mista with uh, the Holy Roman Empire, right? Using like spearmen to kind of try to fend off the knights uh, from the French, uh, from Marine Lords, uh, French. And like a lot of the game was like, okay, let's run around and, and try to exploit the fact that you can't move that fast. Uh, yeah. While also like getting control of... Uh, of the map and getting getting relics um but essentially what what kind of felt like in this one is even though mista was able to secure some of the relics and get ahead that way gold wise um at some point marine lord was picking off enough villagers and was able to get a second tc and start snowballing the economy yeah um i, I feel like this game was a master class uh for for french uh on on how to exploit the, the mobility of the the early knights, the feudal age knights, um, yeah, basically he 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 opened with knights and like you said he he went with a second TC. Um, uh, I found that uh, that the Mista did a very good job. He he built horsemen and and raided uh, Marine Lord's economy uh, pretty successfully. He got a few villager kills, um, and then he he went castle age with the Burgrave palace uh and started making lots of men at arms uh but there was one point where uh marine lord his knights just came from from two different sides uh and just uh like decimated a wood line and and decimated a, a gold mine and just killed mm-hmm. a whole bunch of villagers and then he had a second tc backing it up and and the the economy was just uh it, it was just too far and the mista couldn't couldn't come back from it so there was one sort of decisive uh, decisive engagement I found where sort of the the, the remaining men at arms uh, basically went down to uh, to some knights, uh, French knights, and and then th- that's when the GG was called. So this was I found this is a real masterclass in how to run rings around your opponent uh, <laughs> with a with a superior micro uh, mobile force <laughs> and uh, and uh, build your economy uh, at double the rate uh, behind that. Um, and uh, and just overpower your opponent and and get them to a point where they have to tap out. I, I think like we also have to like appreciate how good Marine Lord's macro is, like his actual economic part of the game, because it felt like a lot of these games, you know, it was pretty even, but there always felt like almost a timer. Just the way Marine Lord kind of sets up his thing, where where like yeah. he'll he'll slowly throughout the game be going more and more economically ahead. So if you haven't done anything decisive. Like you'll just get out of hand, you know. Like it's just like, yeah. What, what do you what do? You do? <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that Marine Lord is very proactive. He dictates the terms of the game. He puts pressure on you. He increases his economy faster than you. Um, there was one game. Um, it was uh, it was game three. Actually, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Where mm-hmm. he actually captures all three sacred sites. Uh, and starts the the victory the the victory countdown and and he's ahead of his opponent so basically he puts you in a position where you have to attack him but you're behind and you're going up against like a superior opponent with defend with defender's advantage um, but he puts you in the situation where there's there's no there, there's no good way out um, you have to do something decisive and and um, he just sort of strangles marine lord kind of just strangles his opponent over the course of the game until he's able to either force the opponent to tap tap out or uh or push him and and do and start doing significant damage i think there's a certain amount of like the way marine lord plays that he's essentially saying i am better than you at this game right and yeah you have to do something gimmicky or you have to strategically 
like you all have to have a strategy in place because you're not just going to beat me if we just play the standard like that that's kind of what a, a lot yeah. of felt like yeah yeah i agree you, you feel like you know the, the opponent his opponent has to do something radical something crazy he has to come out with uh with something something unexpected anything um to to sort of catch him off guard but he's just he's just so good um it's it's insane actually to see <laughs> um let's let's talk about the third game mongols v mongols if 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 i were to say the hre versus french uh match on gorge was like felt like a very standard game to me right a lot of like very typical like let's move around let's take up villagers type tactics uh mongols versus mongols just felt bizarre like it's not that much different but what you kind of do like the <laughs> the strategy seems like a little more odd to me i don't know if that makes sense uh just yeah just maybe more how the civ plays right it was a very strange game. Uh, yeah, the Mongols are are a, a weird sieve because they they're so unique um, in their in their play style. So when you have two uh, Mongol players in a mirror, it starts to get really wacky. Uh, there was uh, there was mass archers versus mass archers. That's kind of how it how it started. Um, then uh, like shamans came in and lancers and and crossbows and like tons of shamans in 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 one uh in some cases mm-hmm. like lots and lots of healing where you're tr- just trying to get to um sort of get an advantage over your opponent well it, it didn't seem like aging up was necessarily a priority like in other civs it might be as quickly right yeah um it kind of felt like what can i get away with and like you don't have that advantage right like i think as some other civs necessarily do i mean in some ways you're trying to force the issue but uh also be as greedy as possible yeah uh, and that i think that's where it got really weird where it's like okay well if i don't see an army from you i'm not gonna make an army but if i see an army from you i'm gonna make an army right it was like it was very reactive and they're both kind of just seeing like how many it's, it's like a, it's, i think it's at the point where you, like, you try to take you try to cut corners right how many corners can i cut without getting destroyed absolutely yeah um and yeah it definitely felt like a game of cutting corners where you know they were engaged minutes. it was eight minutes and i swear to you like i think i only saw like I, I think like 10 units like attacking units on both sides eight minutes in the game it just seemed it seemed ridiculous to me yeah no it was uh it was crazy and i like what you said about the the greedy thing um at one point uh the mist uh, uh tries to hide a, a town center um mm-hmm. and like this is in the middle of like an all-out engagement i don't know where he found the resources but it's like he he starts to get this town center up and it like immediately gets spotted. So it's <laughs> because like you can't you can't even hide it. You can't wall with uh, with Mongols. So you're kind of at the mercy of, you know, you got scouts running around your base. You can't really hide anything from your opponent. I, I think what that's what maybe that's what makes Mongols so interesting as opposed to other matchups is by its very nature, how you like wrestle territory controls different um in in other civs like certain i mean you'll see that i think even this game they had outposts and stuff right but in other civs you'll, you'll tend to have like uh kind of stationary things um that will will kind of wrestle like they can just be there and they're exerting pressure and they're saying okay this territory is mine right you got yeah, a lot more of that with the other and, civs mm-hmm. yeah outposts and palisade walls and then it moves on to keeps uh, later in the game but yeah you you're able to sort of consolidate your position build walls around your your wood lines and wall off between wood lines and um that's but, that but area mongols, becomes mm-hmm. that area becomes a lot safer uh yeah. with mongols you don't have that option yeah you, you you have to actively be moving to exert pressure right so you'll see yes. a lot of just which you'll see in like other matchups as well, but I think you'll see a lot more of just like random movement to have a good understanding of where you are in the map because it's a lot more fluid because everything moves, including the buildings. Like you can also move the buildings, yeah, yeah. which adds to like this kind of constant change and all of it. Um, there's one point in this uh, where a lot of them they're fighting over relics, right, and sacred sites, as, as you had mentioned. Uh, yeah. Miss actually got a, quite a good engagement in a concave and and pushes into Marine Lore's base. Yeah, um, that was big. I actually thought that it, it, that it was over, it, right? Yeah, yeah, because he was fighting. 
uh, Marine Lords archers with uh, lancers and men at arms, which just mm-hmm. hard counter archers. And I like I thought that was it. There was um, a couple engagements where it felt like Mist was actually pushing Marine Lord back. Uh, yeah. I think there's that one, and there's one a little later too. But I think what ended up happening is in the later one. I think this is probably a decisive one. Is I believe it was at a point where Marine Lord like pretty much had all his upgrades. I think he was far ahead in upgrades, and so when the final engagement happened, or right before the final engagement, oh sorry, there's another there's a, there's a landmark snipe that we'll talk about in a second. But um, yeah. there's like a big push, like there's a big push from Mist to trying to get into Marine Lord's base, and it looks like he's got it. And it was, and the commentators were saying, like the casters were saying that uh, essentially it looked like, okay, Marine Lord literally just has to hold on because he's about to get like such an upgrade advantage. I think he had a bunch of them just finishing. And yeah. so like he, he, they're, they're just saying, oh, he had to hold on. And then as soon as he got to Marine Lord's base, Marine Lord had a Mangonel. Yeah. Uh, and that pushed him back. And then after that, uh, I think there was one more chance where Mista went for a landmark snipe and, and Marine Lord uh, gets a Mangonel shot and wins it. So... <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, that was, one that was this... <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, he pushes that second push. Uh, he had a bunch of trebuchets as well. Um, mm. and he, he takes one of the sacred sites back and starts pushing with trebuchets. Um, and, uh, yeah, tons of shamans, lots of healing. Uh, and then, yeah, Marine Lord, uh, goes Imperial Age and he really starts to get ahead in, in, uh, in upgrades. And then finally, as a latch, last ditch effort, um, uh, the Mista makes a ton of horsemen and tries to go for the landmark snipe. <laughs> Didn't quite work out, but that would have been really cool to see. I was rooting for him. What? What do you have? So okay, so that landmark snipe at the game was that the last landmark? Because I believe you have to take out all the landmark, or was you it have just to take so out just... all the landmarks? No, he just uh, he went. Was it for a significant a landmark, one. or was it just for fun? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was uh, it was the uh, the imperial landmark, the white stupa, which. Uh, generates it's like an uvu it generates uh stone so, um okay and yeah no, i think that was the f- just the first one he went after but mm. uh marine lord packed it up and ran and healed it <laughs> with a bunch of villagers <laughs> so like he he just, just wasn't able to get the snipe he he i think he he sprung the trap he caught marine lord by surprise but uh, marine lord uh or it looked like it at least but yeah, he yeah. was able to react really well and didn't even lose the the landmark and and then it was gg yeah, he was just I, it so, was, he's just so far behind. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's what I was thinking. I was like, if if he got that Manganel shot, but managed to at least kill that landmark, would would have even been a way? Like, it, I, felt I don't like, know. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> that it would have done much if he had, if he got a couple of landmarks and like maybe a bunch of villagers, he might be able to stabilize because he was also an Imperial Age at that point, but he just didn't do any damage. Or, or hardly. Fair enough. Uh, okay, well, uh, so yeah, that to me, uh, at some point, I think in my notes here, I put Mongols versus Mongols is silly. Because it, it, I mean, I guess it's silly in the sense that it's not, it's not what the other things, and I think this is what AOE4 does really, really well, is it creates situations that are increasingly more complex because they're not something that you're used to. And I think as well as, it's like this style of play you can't play with other civs, you know. So it, I think it forces the players actually to be a lot more creative or a lot, expand a lot of their knowledge base because you, yeah, you you can't you can't just be good at one or two civs. Like you, you kind of, it kind of feels like a lot of these top players, especially when you get into best of fives and best of sevens, like you, you have to have like pretty much half the civs in the game like down. Like, like I can play against other best players in the world and know everything that there is to know about every matchup these, these, you know, these, these yeah. Play. And, and on every map and on and every, every map and every build. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it, 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 that, that's great. Complexity. I think it's great, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. And okay. uh, yeah, Mongols versus Mongols is definitely an interesting one. L- let's go to another interesting, one, which is Ottoman's uh, mirror. <laughs> Yeah, Ottoman's Mirror. Uh, I like this game too. This was uh, this was interesting. Okay, I'll, I'll let you explain it. But can you just tell me? Uh, there's this thing about picking up fifty stone in the beginning of the game for Marine Lord. Do you know what that was about? Uh, yeah, uh, and it's not just Marine Lord. Uh, I think because uh, I watched the semis and the the finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time Ottomans were played, this this seems standard. You take five villagers, 
you mine 50 stone. So it's just one trip to, to a stone mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that gives you enough stone to build a military school. Okay. So you basically open military school. So military school is uh, the unique Ottoman building that um, creates units for free. Uh, much slower, but uh, you can create any unit you want. Um, and so as as the opening... Uh, as the opening to your game you start to get spearmen for free basically um and uh and so both players uh did this uh in game four um they it was it was very it's kind of a, a game of really a, a game of mirrors <laughs> military school uh and then they both went for the same wonder the uh, twin minaret uh madressa uh for for food income seems to be pretty standard as well uh, then they went on to stone very quickly, got a second military school. Um, so it's all, it's really, it seems to be all about that military school. Um, uh, and how would you, how would you say like they tried to tip the advantage in this one then? Like, cause it, it seems like both the players were going for spearmen after that. Right. Uh, and there was, there's also something about a, at some point in the game where there's a movement speed buff that only works if it's in formation. I don't know if you if you heard. Uh, about yeah. Game. So yeah. So there's a there's a unique Ottoman unit uh, called the Meter, mm-hmm. um, which is a uh, it's like a, a unit that doesn't fight. It's it's the guy on with the with the drums on the horse, mm-hmm. uh, and he gives a, a movement speed buff. He can also give other buffs as well, but movement speed seems to be the most popular one. Um, and uh, Marine Lord, I believe. Uh, spent his vizier point on uh, on on the the meter, um, and uh, and he was able to have a, a big advantage in in all the the upcoming fights because he had uh, faster units. Uh, the meter uh, buffs nearby units, increases their movement speed, and so he's able to to run away from uh, engagements that are not favorable, and he's able to chase down, chase down. units yeah, that which, are retreating. Which... Listen, I mean, this is combat 101. That that gives you a crazy advantage. Yeah, this uh, is this is big. This is uh, there's actually a, a match in the semis. Uh, I don't want to sort of go too off course. We, we talked uh, about Mongols after. versus Ottomans. Sorry, mm-hmm. I, I I'm down to actually go into that after. Uh, well, let's let's we're gonna wrap up finals and then I want to get you if there's any strategic things from the semis you want to talk about. We'll also go into it. Sound good? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so I, I will say one thing. That, another thing from this particular game that I thought quite interesting was um. Marine Lord is very like playing greedy two TC like economic builds while Mista was trying to get to a point where his passive production would be enough to out out econo- like instead of creating economy he created free units you know to try to like yeah to have enough free units where you could fight against that incredible economy but it just didn't seem like it worked out no it didn't quite work out I th- I do think that uh, bigger economy macro is king. Um, there's a window where, uh, you know, there's a short window where, you know, if you build a second town center, uh, you've spent a lot less resources on units, so you're vulnerable. But as, as time goes by, your economy grows and, and, and now you're at an, at an advantage. So, um, it's up to your opponent to attack you or to hit you But like in that I, I window. Guess, mm-hmm. I guess my point with, with that is like, it almost felt like, in Mrs. Mind, and I don't know this. This is like going too far into it, right? But but let's just say like like is there almost a strategy at some point? And I and maybe it's just not actually viable, or at least not viable like when you're playing against a player like Marine Lord. But where like against certain players, the amount of free units that you're producing, even if their economy was significantly ahead, they would the fact they would the fact they had to deal with those units um, would mean that you'd eventually stabilize or start getting advantage, and like they're just sending waves. And then, like, even though so, they have, like, yeah. So uh, my my opinion um, is that the the free units from the the military school are are nice. Obviously, they're they're, they're really strong, but it, it's just a it's just a supplement your army. It's not enough. Even if you have full max military schools, uh, I think the most you can get in, uh, at one time is five, uh, and that's like in, in the imperial age. Even if you have all the military schools, they're only making like five units at a time once in a while. So it's not a substitute for a strong economy and lots of production buildings. It's it's so a, it, it's a supplement. 
in that vein, essentially, you'd have to be e- equal in economy, and then it'd be like pushing. Yeah, if you're shit. able to match your your opponent's economy and and uh, military production, and then you have one or two military schools on top of that, yeah, now you have the advantage because now you have more units coming in. But if you're behind on economy, uh, those military schools, uh, I don't think, I don't think they, I mean, they can help, but I don't think they can, uh, they can win you the game. Okay. Um, there was one moment in this game that I, I just want to, I just want to point out. Um, there was a big push at one point. Marine Lord was, uh, was coming with a big army into Mista's base. Um, and he had, uh, a, a Mangonel sort of trailing a little bit further behind and the Mist actually did a, a really, really nice move. He took some horsemen. Uh, he cir- circled around the back and sniped the Manganel. Um, and uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was just a, a great, uh, great tactical move there. Um, delayed, it delayed the inevitable, uh, but uh, it was, uh, it was, it was a good moment. Do you feel like, uh, yeah? And so the Marilyn takes this at, at the end of it all. Um, do you feel like there was, I don't know, some tiredness showing here, or, or perhaps like that first game on boulder bay um you know already setting the tone of the game uh because like it it seems like the way mista was playing like on another day we would have a much closer best of seven you know like at least in terms of score yeah yeah so if the listeners don't know it uh the the final score was 4-0 for marine lord um yeah i i think um so here's what I think. I think the game on Boulder Bay, based on what I've seen before with with the Roos on Boulder Bay, seemed like a guarantee, or and maybe the Mista thought that it was basically an auto win because he mm-hmm. was playing Roos, uh, and he didn't win. Marine Lord uh, beat him on on Boulder Bay, and you know that that happens. Uh, that you know that that's fine, but I really feel like. Um, what you said, um, Marine Lord has this way of playing where he's just saying, I'm better than you at this game. And I think I think it's probably very demoralizing to know that you know, you're know you in a game and you're behind 1-0 and then you're behind 2-0 uh, and then 3-0 and you're playing against someone who's just better than you and you just can't do anything about it. I think that that's very demoralizing and um, that's maybe what snowballed uh, the series to to a four zero that quickly because I would think with like seven games I mean on another day there'd be like just strategic matchups like like for instance this Boulder Bay right stuff like that where where it's like uh, you would you'd be able to take a couple games right just based on your strategy purely uh, yeah and I think both. that that makes for for certainly for a more interesting uh, series best yeah. of seven if you know if the loser at least has a couple games under their belt but uh, no Marine Lord just uh, just just killed him. I mean, there were some good moments where the Mista had some very good chances to come back and even win some games, but uh, Marine Lord just is, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know, maybe he just had a, a great day or maybe he's he's just, just straight like up a, better. Maybe Marine Lord is the uh, Age of Empires for uh, the guy to beat. Well, he's definitely the guy to beat now. Uh, I feel yeah. like that's undeniable, because um, especially considering his run, which was uh, scary. Uh, to say the least. Um, okay. Uh, actually, sorry. I just want to like really quickly mention uh, the Marine Lord did lose to I Am Magic. There's actually two Canadians that did quite well in group stages, but didn't manage, manage to make it out of quarters. So uh, that's too bad. But uh, I just thought I'd mention that. Uh, okay, uh, you had some strategy. Like this is, we'll, we'll kind of close out the show in here. But you had some strategy talk about um, a Mongol versus Ottoman games in one of the semis. I don't know if you want to get into that. Um, yeah, just just very short. Uh, we were talking about the the Meter, the Ottoman uh, unique unit that boosts uh, movement speed and and can also boost attack speed and things. Um. So uh, yeah, it was Beastie QT versus Marine Lord, um, game one. Uh, where Beastie QT was playing Mongols and Marine Lord was playing Ottomans. So the Mongols have uh, their um, their uh, Yam uh, network, which is their outposts and their Deerstones uh, landmark. Mm-hmm. Basically give off an aura that increases your, your movement speed and then of your units. And then on top of that, the Khan has the movement speed arrow, um, which makes you move even faster. So Mongols are 
like widely considered to be the the fastest moving um fastest moving civilization with the with, with the fastest units um, but the ottomans with the meter are able to match them in a lot of cases and um and M marine lord won that game the ottomans uh won that game and uh that's just uh, i think that's well of course it's due to the fact that uh, marine lord's skill but it's also um he's able to match that mongol movement speed um uh with with his own uh, with his own units and i think that uh that that just that that's just a tremendous uh, tremendous advantage that the mongols have that they no longer had in that game um so uh because of this yeah the, the specific mechanic yeah that's pretty cool pretty cool uh okay um i think with that we'll kind of close out uh, i hope i hope you enjoyed our review of it um i'll say i think i think it was a great tournament i think the production is always great uh so if you if you did manage to miss some of those games you want to watch some of those um you can go onto the uh, red bull gaming youtube channel they have that for AOE 4 they have that for AOE 2 and i'd even suggest maybe seeing the aoe one stuff just to kind of see what that game looks like uh because it it was uh they have like best of nine there's some weird formatting there but it's it's really cool uh just seeing some of that aoe one stuff um Okay, uh, with that, just real quickly, we're going to run through a couple things. I want to, since this is the AOE4 episode, i just run, uh, run through a couple of results and, and maybe like upcoming tournaments if people are interested. Um, so there was uh, a Winter Team Championship that just finished uh, a couple days ago. Um, and the team of BCQT, Marine Lord, and Demuslim uh, was able to take first place against one puppy paw wham and i am magic which is the canadian team which we're actually this is actually quite cool it seems like uh, we very much have a uh, kind of canadian contingent of players that are uh, kind of showing up in aoe4 so i like that a lot uh but yeah bcqt marine learned to muslim that i mean if there's team leagues that's a team that i'll be scared of uh and then uh coming up in february and i, I am gonna go that far ahead because i don't know uh when we'll have a next like aoe4 specific tournament but in february there'll be golden league two um so it, it seems like we have a decent amount of of tournaments kind of on the horizon as well uh so it's always nice to to know that things are happening and uh these i think they're egctv so the um what are they called elite gaming channel they're they're kind of the ones uh, on the forefront here for aoe4 uh and with that we'll uh wish you all a good one uh the next thing that's going to get posted on our channel will be the Christmas special, which will have guests from uh, all of our podcasts. Nice uh, mix of uh, Rock League, Age of Empires, and Pokemon. Uh, so I hope you enjoy that. And uh, for myself and Matt, I wish you a good one. We'll see you, or you'll hear from us when you hear from us. Peace. Peace.